Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Turfgrass Epistemology YouTube and podcast channel. I am Travis Shaddix. Here, what we try to do is we are on a constant quest, basically, to answer the question, how do we know what we know about turfgrass science? Thank you for joining me. <clears throat> I uh, had so much stuff going on today. I was late. I had to move this to 12 o'clock. I usually, I'm trying to do these podcasts at 10 a.m. Eastern, but I got all sorts of stuff going on at my house. And um, <clears throat> plus, I think I got some allergies or something. I'm coughing. So you're going to have to just bear with me today <laughs> when I, as I try to get through this. Um, so I had to start at 12 o'clock today. Hopefully, it doesn't throw anybody off. We'll see what happens with the time schedule starting at 10 a.m. I may do an evening podcast once uh, to see how see how that goes. Maybe one day a week. Maybe I'll try to do it at, in the evening sometime. Maybe when people are off work, maybe we can get get uh, a few more people on if they can't make it during the day. So um, <clears throat> let's get started. A few housekeeping items. So this week I'll be on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Today is going to be talking about organic material. Tomorrow, I think we're going to go over a paper that talks about long-term impact of organic uh, biosolids. We're going to go over, a, I don't know the exact schedule yet, but we're going to go over a paper on warm season fall fertility on either Wednesday or Thursday. And we'll talk about, uh, I think it's seaweed extract. I can't remember what it was on fall color retention and nitrogen on fall color retention of, of warm season grass. So that's sort of what to look forward to this week. Um, so quick couple of questions, I guess, in chat. The first question is from Randy. I'd like to hear your opinion on phosphite and silicone in different form in different f forms regarding turf health. I know you're not a plant pathologist, but I think you can share something for us. There's a paper on that, um, that was recently published on phosphite. Um, so I can, I can cover that paper. That's not a problem. I can go over it. Maybe I can get the author to get on and discuss it as well. I think he's over in England somewhere, or Ireland. I don't, I don't know where he lives, but he's over in Europe somewhere. I think we'll see what I can do regarding silicone, um, on turf health. Uh, I'll just say that there was a pretty lengthy literature review provided at an ASA meeting a few years ago by Dr. Beth Gertal. And then if I can summarize, summarize the findings that she had was that the um <clears throat> the amount of silicone that anybody's applying in any of these rates and products pretty much on, on anywhere in the market today are nowhere remotely close to the rates that you would need to apply to see some sort of benefit from their application so i would say that um silicone's prop the likelihood of you seeing a beneficial response and financial savings or the efficient use of your money using silicone is pretty low but I can look for a paper and see if I can find a paper on that. I know, like I said, I know Dr. Kurtal um, went over that at a ASA meeting a few years back. And that was my, my, that's what I took away from her talk. Looney, Lush, Brady, Randy, if you're all here, we will get started. Today, we are going to be discussing this paper, Biosolid-Based Amendments Improved Tall Fescue Establishment in Urban Soils. Now, this paper... Is, it, it might take me a little bit of time to get through it. I'm trying to I'm trying to f get through these papers a little quicker. The last one was like an hour and a half. 
So I'm trying to get these through these things in 30 or 40 minutes. But this particular paper is critical uh, in the development of your ability to read literature and critically think your way through the conclusions and results. Because we're going to skip ahead to the conclusions. And then I'm going to back up and provide the context from which those conclusions were drawn. And it's very different than what the conclusions imply. So the conclusions say this, but um, there's a big asterisk by that conclusion. You can't use those conclusions just across the board, even within the, even within the similar environmental conditions that the study was conducted. Um, you have to look much deeper into this paper to really um, have a better understanding as to what exactly happened. And it's not entirely clear in the conclusions. I'll just say that. So this paper is called Biosolids Based Amendments Improved Tall Fescue Establishment in Urban Soils. I can't pronounce the per first person's last name. I apologize, but Badzermowski. Can't, I don't, sorry, I'm probably butchering that name. And um, Evel, Evan, Evan, Evan Elo. I can't, I can't pronounce that name either, but, and Dr. Irvin. Uh, who is a lot of people probably know Adam Boyd and Carlisle Brewster are the authors. Okay. I'm going to skip through how to find this paper because there's, I want to get to the more important things, but you can go to Google scholar, Google, you know, biosolids or uh, how to improve urban soils for turf grass establishment or organic materials for, for, um, on, on urban soils or how to, you know, how to <clears throat> increase, whatever. I mean, turf grass establishment on when you're basically when your lawn has been, your new home construction has been, the topsoil has been removed. Basically that's what this paper is uh, kind of about. Okay. Um, yeah, no problem. Looney. The, uh, the comment is I really appreciate your explanations on how to understand these papers. I'm trying my best. I, uh, I, I went back and looked at a couple of the videos I did and I'm like, man, I could have done that better. That wasn't very good, but I'm trying my best here. Um, thank you for the comment. So let's just read the abstract. So this this is a paper published in uh, Crop Science in June of 2019. So you can read the abstract for free by going to crop, crops.org and finding the abstract uh, by these authors. You can just search the author or search the title of the paper and you'll find the abstract and you can read it for free. Um, so uh, this gives you a general idea of what happened. Turfgrass establishment and persistence in urban, urban environments can be limited by topsoil removal and subsurface surface compaction. So... Like I said, so when you buy a home and it's new construction, oftentimes they'll remove the topsoil and you're left with the underlying soil, which can be very different than the, than the topsoil in terms of its ability to um, grow plants on. It was a three-year study on tall, on tall fescue. Uh, did a, they, they had with and without irrigation. We'll find out that that didn't really um, work, so they removed it. Or they just pulled them together, I think is what they did. We'll, we'll check. Um they did quality and quantity of tall fescue soil properties of uh, of a post development soil. So they did soil properties and the quality and quantity of tall fescue on this material on this uh, study. I was going to see where it was. I didn't put where it was in the abstract. But basically, they used a synthetic fertilizer, and this is critical. We I'm going to have to walk through this very carefully because when they say fertilizer treatments were synthetic fertilizer, that is true. But there's a huge asterisk by that. Okay. And I'm going to explain exactly what this means. I'm going to I'm going to read the conclusions first, so you kind of have oh, this is what they found. I must go out and do this. But <laughs> you need to know what happened during the study so that you can have a better uh, 
explanation or understanding of exactly what the conclusions are actually saying. So they, they compared a synthetic fertilizer to an anaerobically digested biosol, biosolid, an anaerobically digested biosolid blended with sand and sawdust, and then an anaerobically digested biosolid blended with sand and sawdust applied at the agronomic P rate for tall fescue and supplemented with synthetic nitrogen. So basically, and, and then the last one was composted anaerobically digested biosolids. So basically they had a variety of different biosolids that they, uh, they included. Some of them included with other organic components. Some of them they included with a little bit of additional nitrogen. One of them they applied to the agronomic P rate. They compared that to synthetic fertilizer. So in essence, they're trying to figure out, or they're trying, they're asking the question, what can we do to these soils um, that have been scraped off? And we have really very little biodiversity and organic matter and nutri nutrients and so forth that on the un in the underlying layers of soil. What can we do at that point to hasten turfgrass establishment? or to increase the quality of the turf grass that's established on these um, constructed soils or these urban soils that have really have very poor um, soil characteristics, I guess. So let's read the conclusions in the, in the abstract. Greater turf grass yield and quality, higher soil carbon and macro and micronutrient concentrations and reduced soil bulk density were observed for biosolid blended products compared to synthetic fertilizer. Okay, so if you read that in the abstract, or in the conclusions, you're gonna go, oh, I should go buy some biosolids and some compost and put it out rather than going and buying a fertilizer and using it and just doing it that way. Um, because it says right here, greater yield and quality and higher carbon and all these micro, micro and macronutrients were a result of the biosolid blended components compared to just the synthetic. That's the way it's worded. That's what you can walk away with, but not so not so fast. OK, let's not jump all the way to that, even though that is the conclusion. <clears throat> applying biosolids, this is the last sentence, applying biosolids at the agronomic P rate did not yield desirable turf grass quality. However, applying at the agronomic N rate continuously may lead to potential P loss if rates are not reduced. So that's some speculation. They didn't measure that. But th what they're saying is they applied it at the P rate because in some, I think this was in Maryland, I think, I can't remember, or Virginia, I can't remember. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. You can't just go out and apply compost and biosolids um, at any rate you want when it contains phosphorus. You have to apply it at the agronomic P rate, which is what I recommend. And then you can supplement that with nitrogen if you need nitrogen, which is what they did in one of their treatments. <clears throat> okay. But we're going to get to all this real quick. Okay. Exactly what happened and exactly why the conclusions cannot be taken at face value. So the introduction, um, I highlighted some things in the introduction, but basically they set the stage like they do in all introductions. Urban lands account for 3% of the land surface area within the United States from 1963, da, 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 developed in, okay. During land development, vegetation and topsoil are removed or buried, and the remaining subsoil is often compacted by heavy equipment, which is probably common. They have a citation here. I, don't, I haven't read that citation, but... What they're saying is when you're building a building or you're building a house, they scrape off the topsoil, they build the house, and they have all these machines and dozers and backhoes and everything else in there, and they're compacting the subsoil. I'm not overly, to be honest, I'm not overly worried about that per se, and in, only in extreme cases. But they're at least removing the topsoil that is very different than the subsoil. 
Okay, soil compaction results in the destruction of aggregates, reduced pore size and water infiltration, and increased bulk density. I'm not really particularly concerned about that unless it has an impact on turf grass um, health and you know performance, which it can, and it definitely can. But I'm not particularly worried about these numbers unless there's a you know a clear uh, there's clear evidence that it's also resulting in some sort of reduction in some desired characteristic in the turf that I'm looking for, but so be it. The removal or burial of topsoil in urban soils results in the loss of soil organic matter. True. This results in degraded soil structure and depletion of nutrients. Very likely true, yes. Soil organic matter may contribute as much as 95% of soil nitrogen <clears throat> and 25 to 50% of soil phosphorus. I would add into that <clears throat> something that's critically missing from this paper is it supplies the organic matter in the soil has the potential to supply a large portion of the soil's sulfur, sulfate sulfur, without which nitrogen cannot be assimilated. So if you're growing turf grass in a situation where you're applying urea and there's no response to that urea, it's a key indicator of a sulfate sulfur deficiency. This normally doesn't happen on established mature soils because the organic matter in the soil is to such an extent and the soil is so well developed that the sulfate sulfur is constantly being mineralized and the, the source and the, you know, the, the supply of the sulfate sulfur is, is well in excess of the plant's ability to deplete it. So it, you have more than enough. But when you scrape all that organic matter off or from my experience here in Kentucky, when you're uh, trying to plant uh, some plants on old tobacco farms where they grew a tremendous amount of biomass for decades and they harvested off the tobacco, grew it and harvested it off, grew it and for years and decades and decades, they re removed the organic matter constantly, removing it. Coupled with the reduction in sulfur emissions in the United States, so we have less sulfur depositions, or fewer sulfur depositions, and we were growing it on soils that have low organic matter, sulfur deficiencies are showing up much more frequently than they ever have in the past. So this sentence where it says 95% of the soil in and 25 to 50% of the soil P is very likely true. Also sulfur. Soil organic matter provides a tremendous amount of the soil's sulfur source. Okay. That was not measured in the study. We're going to get to that. The limitations posed by excavation and compacted urban soils pose substantial challenges to turf grass establishment maintenance, which is true. If anybody's tried to grow, you know, plants up next to a house after they brand new construction, could be sun for sure, shade and so forth. But the soil itself is often depleted. It's often not healthy. I, I mean, I spent six months out here, it seemed like, digging up the front part of my lawn because there was some gravel there and I dug down and to remove the gravel. I ended up digging down like eight inches of just gravel, not little pea gravel, like full blown gravel and concrete dry where they, the, the contractors had just dumped concrete and dumped excess gravel from wherever they were building the driveway or the road or the sidewalk or whatever. And they just dumped it in the lawn and buried it. Okay. So we're not dealing, that's not a normal soil. So in some cases they, like I said, they strip it off and you're dealing with the subsoil. That's not a normal healthy soil. If you want to call it that where, um, you know, we're used to dealing with these are urban, um, you know, disturbed soils. 
And that's what they're saying. They're, the problem is that N and P are gone. And I'm saying the sulfur is gone too, probably. One more, couple more sentences of the introduction. Organic amendments, including biosolids and biosolid compost, can reduce soil bulk density and increase soil porosity, aggregation, and water holding capacity more effectively than, than inorganic fertilizers. Fine, he has citation. They have citations here. Again, I don't really care about any of those values unless there's a there's a relationship between those values and the turf grass that you're growing. So let's say your um, soil bulk density is you know 1.2 or something, and you can apply something and reduce it down to 1.1. Oh, okay, fine. But if the turf was growing fine at 1.2 grams per cubic centimeter bulk density, then who cares? <coughs> you know, if the 1.2 or even 1.1 bulk density is causing problems then we can address it but if it's not causing problems it's to me it's an irrelevant value it's not particularly you can deal with the risks you can move in and out of high risk and low risk in these these categories and these variables and so forth but at the end of the day you know i'm not measuring soil aggregation i'm not i'm not aware of any turf grass scientist that's well that's not true i'm, I'm not aware of ever seeing a soil and go oh that soil's bad because the soil aggregation is poor very very that's not a common situation in fact putting greens have no aggregation and they're growing soil they're growing grass on those you know for 60 70 80 years 100 years and there's zero aggregation in, in putting greens unless they're super super old so these are just keep things in mind critically think your way through oh can these organic amendments can do all this stuff well so what <laughs> i don't care Unless you're going to tell me that your grass in your lawn is unacceptable because the soil porosity is too low. Okay, well, then that's different. Then we can talk about that. But if the soil, I don't care what soil porosity is, unless there's a very great deal of confidence between what the soil porosity should be for a given turf quality, which in that case, there is some, some evidence for that. But keep things in mind. Keep things, you know, critically think, you know, they're, they're, t they're telling me that these amendments will do this and do that and do that. Well, okay, that's all probably true, and they have citations for that. In fact, this paper is going to show the soil book density is influenced by it. But <laughs> do you really need to worry about that? You might. You might be in that case where you need to worry about that. But in many cases, it's not uh, something that's at the at the um, forefront of your priorities in terms of checking off boxes, right? Okay, let's continue. These products present a a, uh, a lo locally sourced organic fertilizer that can be used to amend urban soils to enhance turf grass establishment and growth via their beneficial effects on soil properties and nutrient availability. So he's just saying you can use these amendments to help in these, these conditions. You can read all about class A um, biosolids in the next paragraph. Get to the next one. Increasing concerns of phosphorus loss to surface waters has resulted in phosphorus-based regulations limiting the mass of organic amendments applied to soil to avoid excessive soil pea buildup. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Okay? Not this Jessica and Wolf paper. We're going to talk about excessive phosphorus buildup after prolonged applications of biosolids. Such because it's a real pro, it's a real issue. It's a real measurable documented issue. Such regulations have reduced or eliminated biosolid applications to urban soils in Maryland. Okay. So because of the high amount of phosphorus in these biosolids, because of prolonged re repetitive use of them on some soils, um, you can build up phosphorus to a very high level, which is not necessary. And it uh, unnecessarily increases the potential of environmental risk. 
So that's what they're saying. So they're limited in some cases. Here's the objective of this study. The purpose of our research was to compare the effects of various uh, EQ biosolids. So <clears throat> EQ, I can't remember what the acronym stands for, exceptional quality biosolids. Exceptional quality biosolids pr products and synthetic fertilizer on establishment and maintenance of turf grass in a disturbed urban soil with and without irrigation. Okay, our objectives were to determine whether um, exceptional quality biosolids of varying organic matter, nitrogen and phosphorus concentrations could be managed to enhance properties of disturbed urban soils or to provide sufficient plant available nitrogen without increasing soil phosphorus to excessive concentrations and to improve turf grass establishment quality and growth. So these are all very well written objectives and hypotheses. You can measure all these and they can be falsified. Very, very well written. This study was conducted at Virginia Tech Turfgrass Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia. So there you go. That's where it was done. Now, <clears throat> this is the this red thing that I've highlighted is exactly what they did. And so I want to set the stage here. The experimental area was graded for an airport runway in the early 1940s. Now, in the early 1940s, they were building airport runways on the east coast of the United States to train airmen to go over to fight in World War II. <coughs> the Fort Lauderdale Research Center is built on one of these runways. Apparently, in Virginia, this was the same thing. They were built on one of these runways. The runway was never used, and the site was converted to, to a tall fescue stand. After several decades of growth, a topsoil layer developed to a depth of 7.5 centimeters. So that's 3 inches. So they didn't do anything. They plant tall fescue. For after decades of tall fescue, there's a 3-inch layer of topsoil apparently from just planting tall fescue. I mean, I don't know if anybody knows the management practices that occurred over those decades, but they probably just planted tall fescue as a field crop or cover or whatever. And they got three inches of topsoil over several decades of constant growing and organic matter deposition and so forth. In August, 2013, the area was sprayed to, with two sequential applications and they basically killed everything with Roundup or glyphosate and Diquat. The topsoil that had accumulated since the 1940s was removed. Okay. So they had tall, tall fescue there for 60 years, 70 years. It developed a topsoil. They removed it, <clears throat> exposing the clay subsoil horizons. And again, apologize for my throat here. <laughs> I'm having problems with <clears throat> allergies or something. In-ground installation, in-ground irrigation pipes with pop-up irrigation heads were installed. Topsoil removal and soil was subsequently rototilled to 10 centimeters to smooth out and level the study site for plot layout amendments and planning. So they had an old fairway, an old airport. They 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 didn't use it. They removed it. They planted tall fescue decades ago. The tall fescue developed into a developed a, the top soil layer, which to me it seems pretty good. <laughs> There's a top soil layer there just from tall fescue and apparently doing nothing. So. And it did it. And I mean, they didn't do anything to it, apparently. And they developed topsoil. They removed it to represent or to replicate or do their best to um, simulate what happens for urban soils where they remove the topsoil. And now they're dealing with a subsoil that is not um, easy to work with sometimes. So that's that's the setting. OK, when this happens, you're removing the nitrogen from the topsoil, the phosphorus from the topsoil. All the nutrients that are in that you're removing it and what's in the lower layer of subsoil we don't we don't know they're going to show us on the um on an analysis but you also remove sulfur 
and I don't know what's in that subsoil layer, but there's a pretty good likelihood, pretty good possibility, if not probability, that the sulfur in that subsoil layer was deficient. And um, we're going that's going to become critical because it wasn't included in them. It's going to become critical in my um, my position on this paper. So the irrigation treatments were no water applied during critical summer months unless necessary to keep vegetation alive. That was one. So basically no water unless the plant was about to die and they applied some water versus water applied to replenish 80% ET during drop prone high ET summer months. Then the five subplot treatments were synthetic fertilizer and four of the EQ biosolids, excellent quality, I think is what they said, biosolid products applied to provide an estimated annual plant available nitrogen rate of 224 kilograms of plant available nitrogen <clears throat> per hectare. Now, I, I've been in this for a long time, and I will say this. Um, it is rare that you're allowed to say plant available anything in soil science. You can say soluble. Like I can say soluble phosphorus. I can say soluble potassium. But for me to say plant available potassium, that that's different. So I'm, I'm surprised they use the, the acronym or the, the, the language plant available nitrogen. That's, I don't know. It is what it is, but... So 224 kilograms is four and a half pounds of N per thousand square feet per year. So they're applying four and a half pounds of N per thousand square feet per year. And um, they're doing it from synthetic nitrogen source and these other composts. And they're basing that off of the percent of mineralization that was likely to occur from those composts. Okay, routine soil analysis was Malik-1 extractable phosphorus. Okay, they, so they did Malik-1 to do the, determine the phosphorus. Five amendment treatments were, okay, I already did that for this, okay. Four biosolid treatments were developed from the ARE of Spotsylvania byproducts. So that's a company. So they developed these and that you can, I can, you can go through there, but basically they have four different biosolids and each of the biosolids have a different phosphorus, or I'm sorry, different um, analysis but also a different uh, mineralization rate. Um, I'll explain that real briefly, but um, if one, and I'll get that, it's actually in the next paragraph. I'll get to that in a minute. So, okay. So let me just read it just so we're on the same page. <clears throat> a dewatered biosolid was, treatment one was a dewatered biosolid to supply an annual plant available nitrogen rate of four and a half pounds per thousand per year. <coughs> Second treatment was a biosolid blended with sand and sawdust to supply the same amount of nitrogen per year, four and a half pounds. And that's denoted as BBN, biosolid blended nitrogen, I guess. The next treatment three was a biosolid blended with sand and sawdust to supply an annual P rate as recommended by the Virginia Soil Testing Lab. Um, analysis plus supplemental sulfur-coated urea fertilizer to also provide four and a half pounds in. So they applied the P through the biosolid at that rate, and they applied additional N to that treatment three. And treatment four is a Spotsylvania compost to supply an annual plant available nitrogen of four and a half pounds N. The fifth amendment treatment was synthetic fertilizer. So let's read this carefully. The fifth amendment was a synthetic fertilizer nitrogen as sulfur-coated urea to supply an annual plant available nitrogen of, two, of four and a half pounds of N. And they denoted that as FER, as the acronym FER for FERT. Now, the Fifth Amendment treatment was synthetic fertilizer applied to sulfur-coated urea 
just for the first year. After the first year, they didn't apply sulfur-coated urea. And, and I, I'm not sure how the authors got this through, but this sentence, no offense to the authors, I've made a lot of mistakes in my own papers. We all make mistakes. If you're writing papers, you're going to make mistakes. So I'll just say that. I have not read one single paper, including my own, that is flawless. Okay, There's going to be errors made. But that's why we publish. So you eliminate a large large percentage of your mistakes and errors, and you try to get as best quality information out there as you possibly can. If there's mistakes in these papers, imagine the number of mistakes that happen for just blogs and websites and YouTube videos and things like that. This fertilizer treatment was not completely sulfur-coated urea. Even though it says it's sulfur-coated urea here in the materials and methods, this is going to be critical when we go to interpret the results. Okay, remember that. I'm going to go over that in detail in a minute too, exactly what they did. Based on typical ranges of establishment of tall fescue in the transition zone, a soil test recommendation, the agronomic N rate of 4.5 pounds of N, 224 kilograms of nitrogen, 4.5 pounds of N, and the agronomic P rate of 64, so this is a pound and a half, I guess, so that's what they that's what they're getting these rates from the um accepted rate of nitrogen and phosphorus for tall fescue in the transition zone, okay? That's where they got they didn't just pull these out of thin air. Okay, and they have some citations for this. Next paragraph. The biosolid products that they applied based upon that amount of nitrogen, they based it on an x amount of nitrogen rate. They, they're biosolids, so they're going to contain a lot of nitrogen. Some of it's soluble, some of it's not. Some of it's immediately mineralizable, some of it's not. Some of it might mineralize over a year, some of it won't. They have to base it off something. And so they say the nitrogen mineralization rates of these biosolids were estimated to be 30% for the anaerobically digested biosolids and 15% for the composted biosolid. For the biosolid sand and sawdust blends, the mineralization rate was 20% was based on previous greenhouse days. So they'll tell you right there that they based the rate of nitrogen based upon the percentage of the nitrogen that was likely or they were convinced would occur in those composts for the first year. Okay. So if the product contained, let's just say 100% nitrogen and it was only 20% were mineralized, then they based the rate on that 20% of mineralization, not the 100% nitrogen in the product. Okay. That makes sense. No problem. Okay. <clears throat> the fertilizer was split applied, the fertilizer treatment was split applied during the first growing season, receiving 124, so this is uh, two and a quarter or something pounds in, of urea, receiving a two and a quarter pounds of urea, of urea 4600, pot at, wait, during the first growing season. Okay, so here we go. Was split during the first growing season of two and a half pounds as urea, not sulfur-coated urea, on September uh, 12th, 2013. That's that's strange the way that's worded. The second application of the fertilizer treatment was 100 kilograms of N from this blended fertilizer, 25.511 NPK from Helena Chemical. Okay, it was surface applied with the Gandy spreader. So they they applied. Um, there's in the in the first part up there. They said they applied urea as sulfur coated urea. Down here they're saying that they applied. Um, Urea, a 4600, which I'm almost certain that's not what they did. I'll, I'll, let me go down here. Yeah. 
see right here it says in September 2013, synthetic fertilizer 270 as urea, sulfur coated urea 4600. Sulfur coated urea is not 4600. Okay, it can't be 4600. So I don't know what's going on if that was actually urea, if this is a misprint and it was a 4500 or 440 sulfur coated urea, or if it was a 4600 urea and they just misprinted the sulfur coated. I don't know. Okay. But the first application in this table says it was sulfur coated urea. And then the next application in the same year, that was September, and then the next application in October was this Promate 25511 MPK. So we're going to go look at Promate. Promate, and this is critical. I'm going to take some time because it's important. 20, Promate 25511. I'm going to pull up the label here and see if I can find it. <clears throat> Okay, so um, let's see if I can get this on the screen here. Internet. Okay, so here is, I uh, just Googled this real quick. Promate um, 25511, 50% polymer-coated sulfur-coated urea, 2% iron, da, 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 da. You can go down here for to the um, more info on this. This is the label guaranteed analysis of 20, uh, Promate 25511. And you can see it contains... 25% nitrogen, 23% is urea, and then there's some ammonical nitrogen in there. And you go to derive from polymer-coated, sulfur-coated urea, and diammonium phosphate. Okay. So they applied urea with sulfur coat in the in the September. They applied urea with sulfur coat in October with phosphorus in October. In 2013, in the first year. Okay. Okay, in the first year they applied nitrogen with sulfur and they applied even phosphorus in the first year okay triple superphosphate and muriate potash were applied to the synthetic fertilizer treatment plots and to the biosolid treatment plots as needed based on the pre-treatment soil test as needed i don't know what that means but i'm going to explain to you i'm going to show you in a second why that's a concern because the phosphorus in the fertilizer treatment was well below any known uh, recommendation to apply phosphorus on, on for turf grass sites. In other words, they should have applied phosphorus and they didn't at, because they, they show in the soil test there was, it was deficient in phosphorus and there's, and all it says is as needed. I don't even know what that means. Okay. You need, you know, I'm assuming they did, they only applied it there at the beginning in those two, in that one treatment, it says as needed. Um, but I suspect either the phosphorus or the sulfur was, was causing some issues. Or both. Okay. Soil and plant establishment management. After tillage to incorporate the fertility amendments in September 2013, the area was seeded with tall fescue blend. And it tells you the blend. So it was seeded with the tall fescue blend after everything was incorporated into the soil. Okay. The irrigation system, they talk about the irrigation. As it turned out, it rained a lot. So the irrigation didn't really have much of an impact. But um, well, we can talk about that if you want. I'm not going to go into the irrigation installation, how they did it. Now, chemical composition of the biosolids. Now, the, the the TKN stands for total keldol nitrogen. What they do is they take the, the product and they put it in acid and they boil it in these these tubes and then they um, analyze that. So basically, every every amount of nitrogen that's in there is going to be in that solution at that point. And they're going to analyze it. So remember, grams per kilogram. You just move the decimal over one, and that's percentage. So five point six percent from this source was the nitrogen. 0.82% nitrogen was the nitrogen of these two products. 
and then 2.7% was the, is the CBN. So you can go through this in yourself if you want to, but this, the, these are the application schedules. If you do this 14,200 kilograms per hectare, and you do the math and the percentage and the 30% and multiply it by the percent nitrogen, you're going to come up with that 224 or 230 kilograms or whatever it is uh, that they said they applied. Okay. So that's all on the up and up. But here's the synthetic fertilizer treatment that I want to talk about. Table two, application schedule for each fertility treatment during the trial period, September and October of the first year. So they're growing it in this first year. Urea with a little asterisk, it says sulfur coated urea. NPK potash corp. I don't know what that, uh, I don't know how to read that. So there's, as far as I know, there's no, it's impossible to have a sulfur coated urea. That's 4600 because you're adding sulfur. You add anything to 4600, you're going to dilute the 46. So it's something else. It's either not sulfur coated and it's 4600 or it is sulfur coated and it's not 46. So I don't know, but one way or the other, I'm going to, I don't know what I don't know which way, which way to go because I don't know what, what was done. It says here in the table they applied sulfur coat, so I'm going to assume they applied sulfur coat. The next time they applied again sulfur coat from the Promate. All right, so the Promate blended MPK fertilizer contained sulfur and phosphorus in 2013. Now we're going to move into 2014, 15, in 2014 and 15, and now you see straight urea. Okay. Just straight urea. And now you can see the mass and the quantity of all the biosolids they apply. So the, the the question that we were asking in the title and the title of the of the paper is do biosolids or do compost aid and help? And their conclusion is it does compared to for synthetic fertilizer, right? Well, it's not just, you can't just say synthetic fertilizer. You're applying just urea in the last year, but you applied blended and sulfur containing urea in the first year. Okay, that's going to become important when I show you the results. Remember that when I get to the results. The first year, the synthetic fertilizer contained either phosphorus and or sulfur. And they did not contain phosphorus or sulfur after the first year. Okay? Yeah, growing the guy, growing the grass, as Anderson has a 46-0 humic Cody rate. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, I suppose, if you put just a tiny bit in there, that it doesn't change the percentage down below like a half a point. Maybe it's 45 and a half, you know, when you add the humic to it. Um, they'll just say it's 46. But it's like, I mean, when, once the glass is all the way full of water, you can't add one more drop of water without it spilling over. You know, it's the same thing with with blending with creating something from raw forty six O O. When you add anything into it, it's going to ha you have to dilute the ton because you're adding something into the ton. So you have to change the concentration of nitrogen. So that it's just blending, boring stuff. But anyway, <clears throat> okay, let's continue. So they keep going through sample analysis. They talk about how they did all the analyses and all this other stuff. Um, they talk about the Malik-1 extractable. That's how they did their analysis was uh, Malik-1, phosphorus, potassium, calcium, and so forth. They did it at the Virginia Tech Soil Testing Laboratory. You can go through and read all about how they did all their sampling and collection and all that's That's fine. I'm going to skip all that. Um, so we're going to get to the results in discussion. Again, I'm trying my best to kind of keep this down, and it's already at 40 minutes. <laughs> so I'm trying to get through this, but I want to hit the important things. Overall, statist overall study statistical trends. Beneficial effects of soil organic carbon on turf grass quality and persistence did not occur due to the short duration of the drought cycle imposed throughout the trial week. 
Okay. So, um, then it says we decided to statistically analyze the results as an eight replication randomized complete block design due to the lack of interaction between irrigation. And so basically what they're saying is there was no interaction between irrigation and amendment. Nothing happened with irrigation. Um, so they just merged everything together. So you won't see anything else really on irrigation because nothing happened on irrigation and it increases the strength of the study. We've talked about that in the past they had two separate irrigation one and irrigation two, nothing, nothing was different. So they just pulled them together and they present the study all as one. Soil benchmark data, routine soil test analysis of the original soil indicated that it had a pH of 5.1, 11 parts per million malic one phosphorus. So 11 at 11 parts per million malic one phosphorus. Again, I'm not a numbers, but I don't, I'm not too concerned about numbers per se, but at that low of a phosphorus level with a turf grass quality that's unacceptable or not growing or establishing at the rate you desire, that would be an alarm for me. That would be concerning. Okay. Um, I, I would be concerned about phosphorus if it's 11 and the turf grass isn't growing well. Okay. The medicoin potassium was 61. The medicoin calcium is 508 and magnesium. And so I don't see any other major concerns there. Organic matter was three grams per three grams of soil organic matter per kilogram is that three grams of soil organic matter per kilogram yeah so that's uh that's quite low that's 0.3 percent that's very very low okay so what you won't find and this is where the critical thinking comes in this is probably a skill that you'll hopefully develop and learn if you're continuing to watch these videos or you learn to you're reading your own scientific literature and you, you learn more about this what you won't find in this is either the other extractant for sulfur or the malic three you can't do malic one extractant for sulfur because it contains sulfur but a malic three extractant for sulfur there's no sulfur number so the subsoil contained low phosphorus that much we are probably it's probably true that that phosphorus was low enough to see a result a state of response from applying phosphorus but we don't have any idea what the sulfur was okay they didn't test it and that's you know whatever it is what it is but because we know sulfur is becoming deficient in soils nowadays, um, because we know the organic, the topsoil was removed and a lot of the sulfur is mineralized from the or organic component of the soil, we are greatly increasing the risk of sulfur deficiency. And without sulfur, you can dump all the nitrogen you want out there and you're not going to see squat. Okay. You're going to be very disappointed with whatever urea you put out. So you have to be able to have some background in this particular paper you have to have some sort of background knowledge of the, how the system and the cycles work they're removing organic matter so instantly i'm thinking nitrogen's gone water moisture retention is probably gone or lower phosphorus is probably lower and sulfur is probably lower that's what i'm thinking i'm not worried so much about potassium magnesium but i'm thinking phosphorus and sulfur because i know those two have a, have a, have a profound impact on turf grass quality and, and growth when they're not um, sufficient. Okay, so that's what I'm thinking. And they and they didn't test for sulfur. Okay, so continue. Soil fertility variables. Additionally, organic nutrient sources must be applied at a at P removal rates when soil one soil malic one phosphorus concentrations are 55 to 162. That's what they're saying the Virginia Tech soil testing lab saying. So if it's 55 to 162 Organic nutrient sources must be applied at the P removal rates. 
the CBN and the, the uh, I can't remember the acronym, CBN and BBN, sometimes these are so difficult to remember. CBN is composted biosolid and BBN is blended biosolid with nitrogen. So the CBN and the, B, the, the composted biosolid, where was I at? The composted biosolid and the, and the blended biosolid treatment surpassed 55 milligrams of phosphorus, which would recommend biosolids to be applied at the P removal rate of tall fescue clippings in the growing season. So in other words, they were so high that they applied it at the P removal rate. Applying at the agronomic P rate for the blended biosolid treatment resulted in a soil malic one phosphorus concentration of 12 in 2015. This value is rated as medium availability in the Virginia Tech Soil Testing Laboratory. Implementing this P management strategy, though protective of water quality, resulted in reduced turf grass quality. So they're saying that when they applied the blended biosolid at the P at the P um, requirement rate, it wasn't enough to result in uh, sufficient turf quality. And that's what they're saying there. This is the temperature and cumulative precipitation. We won't go into that. Soil chemical variables. The value of the um, CBN blended biosolid in the what was the CBN again? Good grief, I can't even remember it. Composted biosolid. Um, sorry, I'm going back and forth here, guys. Okay, the value of the composted biosolid and the blended biosolid nitrogen can be seen throughout the trial period as they had greater total soil nitrogen and organic carbon than all other treatments in 2016. Again, not so concerned about soil nitrogen. I'm not so concerned about organic carbon unless there's an impact on turf. Actually, I'm really not interested in really any value, hardly at all, unless it's impacting turf. That's what we're growing. We're not growing numbers. We're growing grass. So if those numbers are related to growing grass, then definitely I'm, I'm interested. If, if you can confirm there's connection at your location between those numbers and your grass, then definitely I'm interested. Um, but just some number out of whatever the number is, is to me, is it's information to, to keep and remember, but I'm not overly concerned unless there's a connection between that and turf grass growth. Soil physical parameters. All results provide further evidence that organic carbon additions such as biosolids reduce soil bulk density. Soil bulk density of the fertilizer and the blended biosolid with phosphorus, phosphorus treatment within the, first, the top five centimeters were comparable at 1.13 and 1.10. So they're saying the bulk density was the same between fertilizer and the blended biosolids at the, at the phosphorus rate. Soil bulk density was reduced to 1.0 and then 0.9 and 0.8 in response to these other blended biosolids and the compost blended treatment. So we go from 1.1 to one, basically a 10% reduction. That's probably biologically significant. <coughs> um, that's, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue that. That's statistically significant, probably biologically significant. Again, don't really care if, if the turf's growing well at 1.1, I don't really care. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. If you can show me that, that the turf grass was not growing well because it was 1.1, then I'm listening. I'm all ears. I want to help. You know, I want, I'll take this into consideration for sure. Okay. Um, to confirm that turf grass isn't growing well because of the bulk density is challenging, but it can be done. Okay. So if, 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 it, if there's, they can convince me that, yep, the bulk density is high and your soil, your, your turf grass is bad because the bulk density is high, then good luck. <laughs> it's, you're going to need more than just that. But, you know, because there's plenty of turf grass growing all over creation at 1.1 bulk density. 
Okay. It looks perfectly fine. Um, so again, maybe at this site, it is the case. I'm not seeing anything in the, in the, in the paper that says this is why it wasn't growing well because the bulk density was too high, but you know, if it was the case, then lowering it would help. I mean, if, if lowering it would help, then, then the inclusion of these, um, biosol based amendments would re, uh, did result in a significant, you know, biologically and statistically significant reduction in bulk density. Okay. The larger rates of organic carbon supplied with nitrogen, nitrogen-based rates of biosolids contributed to the reduce, reduced bulk density compared to the fertilizer and blended biosolid with phosphorus treatment. Um, okay. Such reduced bulk densities in the upper five centimeters of the soil profile would be expected to promote improved rooting conditions and denser turf grass stand and thus better turf grass growth and quality with the highest carbon amendment applications. That's all speculation. Okay. So reason I put it in yellow is that might be true. It could, it could very well be true, but it's speculation. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily measured. Like we, they're, they're, they're saying this, this, um, would be expected to result in that, but okay. Well, did it, or did you measure that? How convinced are you that this is actually resulting in a reduction in quality? Okay. They're just saying it would be expected to. Okay. Well, what I'm, I'm expecting it not to have an influence based upon my experience and my knowledge. literature. So, you know, where do we go from there? So be careful when you're reading these things. I want to, um, just make sure that you're mindful that these, these variables that they mention, um, might very well be uh, important. I'm not saying these aren't important. I'm just saying that unless they're directly impacting or you can have a very strong amount of confidence, not very, you just have some confidence that they're resulting in a reduction in turf quality. And then it's just, again, it's just information to keep stashed away. And when the turf grass doesn't look acceptable, then maybe you can pull that out and start looking at it. But until then, I'm not worried about it. <coughs> Plant responses, turf grass, biomass, and leaf nitrogen accumulation. During the 2014 establishment year, the greatest biomass yield and leaf tissue accumulation occurred with the fertilizer treatment, table five, that during the 2014 establishment year. This was most likely due to the red available in provided by the urea. Remember, it was provided by sulfur-coated urea in, that, in the year preceding, right? 2013. And phosphorus was applied, okay? So here's this um, to, table three, September two, 2015, routine soil test analysis of pH and malic one extractable. Da, da, da. The fertilizer treatment had a P, a, a P value of 9.4, okay, in 2015. 9.4. So if they were applying phosphorus as needed, they needed to apply it. They, well, one, they, clearly they weren't because that phosphorus number needs to be much higher than that if the turf grass is unacceptable. If that number was 20, then we can maybe argue it. If it's 30 or 40, then it's probably not causing any problem at all. Okay. But at nine on a study that said they're applying phosphorus as needed, I'll, immediately I'm extremely skeptical. If they were applying it as needed, it wouldn't be nine. Does that make sense? Okay. That is very likely limiting your turf growth and quality. They're telling me the turf growth and quality was inferior. Okay, so it's inferior. Looking at the phosphorus is 9.4. Nowhere on here is there sulfur. So I don't know what the sulfur was. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a case that it was probably deficient real quick. 
Okay. So the, when you're saying when they're saying that compost is resulting in better whatever compared to fertilizer, and you're applying fertilizer based upon recommendations, well, apparently not, because you're 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 just applying urea. When the when the turf looked bad, you were just applying urea on a soil probably low in sulfur and definitely low in phosphorus. So it's not really comparable in my mind. Okay, if you're applying phosphorus to where this number was twenty or thirty. And then you had an acceptable turf and you checked the sulfur and the sulfur was fine. Then you have some, I think you have a strong case, but in this, in this instance, you have to take the, the results and the conclusions within this context. And that is, I'm not, I'm very skeptical and I'm not, this is not a strong piece of evidence for me to be convinced because I know there's other tangible, other variables that were not measured or were overlooked, um, that were not properly balanced. And that's the reason we're inside. If you guys can pull up my papers and you can, Butcher those things all to heck, okay? There's a lot of errors in many of my papers, okay? And I regret a lot of the stuff that I've written because I've made mistakes, okay? It is what it is. You try to limit those. You try to get the best paper, best quality product you can you can publish, but you're going to make mistakes. You're going to over, you're going to overlook things. It's going to happen. In this case, I think they overlooked the phosphorus. I think they overlooked the sulfur in the fertilizer treatment. Let's continue. And here you go. Biomass on the left of this graph I'm looking at a graph, guys, if you're listening to this, the biomass is on the y-axis and dates on the x-axis, and you have all the treatments, and you have arrows where the treatments were applied. Leaf tissue nitrogen is a very similar graph on the, on the right. And you see the blue line, which is the fertilizer treatment. I mean, this is the, start, the graph starts in 2014. It had already received the silver-coated uh, nitrogen treatment. It had already received the phosphorus in the preceding year. It had been blended in. And you see the, the, all the treatments going down into June. And start to come back up in the in the fall. Remember, this is tall fescue. But then you see the blue line go underneath and is inferior to all the other treatments on biomass on growth. And this is when this arrow right here. Let's see if I can. I've been doing this. I don't know if I can still do it or not. Highlight. No, I can't. This arrow right here is when they stop. They they kept applying for, um, treatments, but there's no more phosphorus or sulfur in these treatments for the fertilizer. None of these arrows or these fertilizer treatments contain the phosphorus and the sulfur in the in the synthetic blend that the preceding applications did. And you see the blue line go underneath is now inferior to all the other compost lines. You see the same thing in the tissue um, uh, leaf tissue nitrogen. You see the blue line now become inferior to all the other compost lines. Okay. Let's see if they have a quality. Yeah, they do have a quality rating. Let's just skip down to the quality ratings because we're talking about graphs. Quality on the left, dates on the on the on on the y, dates on the x-axis, and you see this a similar thing. The quality of the fertilizer treatment was superior to many of the other treatments until they stopped applying phosphorus and they stopped applying sulfur, which was right here. And when they stopped doing that, the quality line goes down. Okay. And you're going to see that in the in the data tables when I'm going to get to it real quick here. Um, okay, upon additional surface applications of treatment, let's see if I can go. Yeah, okay. Upon additional surface applications of treatment amendments in August of 2014, so we're talking about that little error I just put up here, higher biomass and leaf tissue accumulations occurred in biosolid-based treatments applied at the agronomic end rate than the synthetic fertilizer treatment throughout the remainder of the studies. That's exactly what I just said. Okay, so all those compost and biosolids were now superior to the fertilizer treatment. 
The novel biosolid blended blended with phosphorus resulted in poor turf grass quality throughout the study, figure five. The goal of the sand and sawdust was to improve the ease of application and spread while using uh, reducing moisture. However, the applied at the phosphorus rates resulted in lower total soil nitrogen across all time periods measured compared with biosolid amendments applied at the economic gain rate. So they're just saying that um, the inclusion of all these resulted in a um, reduced quality when you applied it at the phosphorus rate, which is what you see. Turf grass quality in NDVI. <coughs> turf grass quality in NDVI appeared to be associated with infertility. The fertility treatments yielded similar trends in turf grass quality in NDVI as observed in tissue and accumulation. Turf grass quality was sustained above minimal acceptable value of six for the fertilizer treatment only during 2014, beginning in 2015. Biosolid-based amendments applied at the agronomic end rate had had higher, you would say greater. I don't, we need to stop using the word higher when we're talking about this. Higher denotes altitude. Anyway, end rate that had, and it doesn't have anything. End rates don't have anything. End rates result in greater quality ratings. Sorry, that's an editing editorial. I can't get the editor out of my mind now, so sorry. You would say at the agronomic end rate resulted in greater quality ratings to begin the growing season. In rates don't have anything. Treatments don't have anything. They don't possess anything. They result in or lead to results. The quality, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll erase the last 10 seconds for those people who are trying to get, to get the practical stuff. It's hard for me to wear two hats sometimes when I'm reading these things. The quality of turf grass grown in plots amended with biosolids applied at the agronomic in rate maintained minimum acceptable quality from July 2014 through the remainder of the trial study. So they're saying applying compost at in rates, not phosphorus rates, results in good quality or, accept, or greater quality. So here we go. So I wanted to say this on treatment on table five. I'm just going to look at the quality over in the far right. We have the annual um, quality ratings. The first year, 2014. This is the year following the nitrogen applied with sulfur and, and, and phosphorus. We see the quality from the fertilizer being seven and greater than every other treatment. Following that year, we see the quality in the fertilizer treatment go from seven to 5.5 to 4.0. Now, any turf grass that's receiving four and a half pounds of nitrogen from urea that has... Um, <laughs> Okay, long says, I don't know if that's a hello or if you're raising your hand. Sorry, I'm, I don't know. Um, any turf grass that's receiving four and a half pounds in applied at the proper you know time of year and has water and all those normal things, um, that's a four. You're gonna know that that's not acceptable. Okay, but it it especially if when you're applying urea, it will almost never happen. Whenever sulfur is sufficient and it will happen every time when sulfur is deficient so this was the red flag that i saw in this paper when i saw these quality ratings go down after they stopped applying sulfur coated urea and phosphorus when they're applying four and a half pounds of n as urea and you're seeing a quality of four there's a lot more going on there than just you know, nitrogen and we need to apply some potassium or whatever. There is very likely, in my opinion, a sulfur deficiency that is uh, resulting in that reduction there. It doesn't have anything to do with, quote unquote, it was a mineral synthetic fertilizer. Okay. It has to do with the nutrients in the soil were, were likely deficient and were not being supplied. Whereas in the compost, it was very likely being supplied. Because compost is highly organic and the sulfur can be mineralized from the organic matter. Okay. So 
this is you, you have to unfortunately in this particular paper you have to have uh, okay hey lawn resistance uh, hello yeah <laughs> um you have to have a little bit of background knowledge to kind of read this critically okay i'm unfortunately you know i can't uh, this paper is not a paper you can read through and say, yep, that's what they found. That's what I'm going to go do. If you have the background knowledge and some critical thinking, you can work your way through here and go, wait a second. Everything was fine when they're applying sulfur and they're applying phosphorus and the fertilizer treatment. When they stopped is when it went down. So, but, so you can't just say their compost resulted in greater than, than synthetic fertilizer because everybody's going to read that and go, well, I shouldn't apply synthetic fertilizer. I should only apply compost and organic fertilizer then. Well, if you're only applying urea, then that's not based upon our best management practices. We would never recommend to apply just urea to a soil that is deficient in phosphorus, that has been scraped off and is probably deficient in sulfur. That, that wouldn't be a proper recommendation. So that's not a really a fair comparison, in my opinion. So take it for what it's worth. Visual quality ratings and spectral NDVI values had similar rankings across time as both measurements are closely aligned with leaf tissue nitrogen accumulation. Okay, this matches report, and this is what, I, I highlighted this because this annoys me. This, this matches the reports of other studies that have found strong correlations between NDVI and visual quality in turf grasses. That's true. There are correlations between NDVI and turf grass quality, but there are just as many, if not more, where NDVI and quality don't line up. They don't match. They don't correlate. But those don't, those don't get published sometimes because it's publication bias. You don't get them published because there's no correlation. So I would, I would not put a lot of faith or confidence in NDVI, okay? Because I can go shoot an NDVI on my neighbor's clover lawn and it's going to give me a 0.65 or a 0.7. And it's a 90% clover lawn. It has, it has almost no fescue in it. So by that by those standards, I shouldn't, I shouldn't worry about it, right? Because the NDVI number is high. Okay, the quality rating is what we're looking for. <coughs> Since the estimated in rate and soil type were constant, we suspect that differences in turf grass response were due to variable in transformations of amendments such as mineralization range, denitrification, and leaching. In 2014, turf grass responded positively to fertilizer due to the rapid availability of in, whereas the additions of biosolid borne soil organic matter, organic nitrogen in 2014 and 2015 created a res reserve of slow release PAN. So they're, they're postulating as to why they found what they found. The NDVI of the turf grass receiving this synthetic fertilizer decreased from the highest among all treatments to 2014 to the lowest. So they're postulating as to why this could have occurred. I would postulate it very likely occurred as a result of reduced phosphorus from, from not applying phosphorus after 2013 and reduced sulfur from not applying sulfur after 2013 in the fertilizer treatment. So those two, because they're so important, um, to me, you, ha you have to read the results within that context. You can't say organic materials and composts are better than synthetic fertilizer. It's better than urea in this case. But, in, but anything would be better than urea in that case because urea is not going to do anything without sulfur. <coughs> Excuse me for my cough. I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay, so you, you know you have to have some, some awareness of that, I guess. The poor in recovery by tall fescue and biosolid-based treatments during 2014 was a clear indication that the biosolid did not mineralize as quickly as we anticipated. So what they're saying is early on when they applied all that compost, it took some time for it to mineralize. They had an estimate of the mineralization rate, 30%, 20%, and so forth. 
Um, they use that as to, to apply the nitrogen. What they're saying is early on, it probably was not the right percentages. So you had a little bit of lower quality in the earlier part of this of the um, study, as opposed to the latter part of the study, where the, when the nitrogen probably started to mineralize more at a more consistent and anticipated rate, which is what you see here in the quality ratings of all those treatments, where the quality ratings of nearly every, well, almost every biosolid-based amendment was greater than six, okay, which probably makes sense. Okay, the conclusions. We're getting down to the end. Okay, good. <clears throat> Trying to get finished, and I'm still at an hour. We hypothesized that biosolid-based amendments would be able to provide the necessary plant essential nutrients and soil quality restoring organic matter for establishing and maintaining turf grass in a degraded urban soil. That was their hypothesis. Our results confirmed our hypothesis that the biosolid-based products applied at the agronomic end rate provided a better long-term solution than synthetic fertilizer for maintaining main, for maintenance of tall fescue. With respect to the authors, okay, with re, with full blown, I mean, you have to understand that my admiration for Dr. Irvin is <clears throat> off the chart. The man is profoundly uh, successful and a very good person. I, he does he's done a lot of really good work, and he's an author on this paper, okay. But that sentence is misleading to a degree that's offensive, okay. You cannot say provided a better long-term solution than synthetic fertilizer for maintenance of tall fescue. You can say to a solution than the synthetic fertilizer treatment, okay, because the synthetic fertilizer treatment contained many different synthetic fertilizers of which the last part, just the urea, is where you saw the compost result in superior quality than, than quote-unquote the synthetic fertilizer, Okay. It did not result in greater quality or establishment than, quote-unquote, the synthetic fertilizer when sulfur and phosphorus were included in the synthetic fertilizer. So that, that part wasn't included, some, you know, curiously, in the, in the conclusions. It's very, very peculiar the way this is worded. This was a result of the reduced bulk density and greater inavailability, as indicated by leaf tissue nitrogen accumulation and the increased macro and macronutrient concentrations delivered by the biosolid. This is what I'm saying. This is, and you know, it's fine to postulate. You have to, you know, you, you, you're supposed to postulate. You kind of provide what you think is going on. But in my opinion, that's not what's going on. Okay. Yes, the soil bulk density reduced. Okay. Yes, there was not greater nitrogen availability, perhaps from the organic material. Maybe you applied nitrogen at the same rate, but, but without sulfur in the fertilizer treatment, you can put on. 5,000 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare. And that turf is essentially going to look the same as with 50 kilograms of nitrogen. You add a little bit of sulfur, 10, 11 pounds per, what is it? What did I come up with? I can't remember the rate now. 11 pounds per acre of sulfate sulfur. I'm sorry, I got that. Uh, I can't remember the rate. I, I'm doing the study now. I'm trying to publish it. Basically, it's a 50 to 60 pound bag of gypsum per, per acre you know, as, a, as a minimum. You apply that and then boom, the turf takes off because the nitrogen that was sitting there, it can now be metabolized by the plant, whereas without sulfur, it can't. Okay. So with respect, this postulate, I would argue is, is not as strong as, as what I would, what I would argue is, is the failure of, uh, to measure the sulfur, to know what the sulfur was and potentially even the phosphorus being so low in the fertilizer treatment not that the other treatments provided some nitrogen and provided some reduction in soil bulk density they probably provided the phosphorus and the and the sulfur is what they did 
All biosolid amendments applied at the agronomic end rate outperform the use of synthetic fertilizer in producing an acceptable quality turf grass in the, in the long term. Again, very, very, I don't like this language, okay? You can say then the synthetic fertilizer treatment, but you say synthetic fertilizer, it's misleading because it did not outperform the synthetic fertilizer treatment in the early stages. It only did whenever the synthetic fertilizer treatment was being applied um, against best management practices. Applying biosolids at the agronomic P rate did not yield turf grass uh, desirable turf grass quality. However, to reduce potential P loss, determining a rate between the agronomic P rate and N rate to produce a quality turf grass stand and improve soil characteristics is desirable. And then it says rainy conditions minimize the water stress implementation. So that's the reason he didn't have any um, uh, uh, numbers on differences between water. Okay. So um, I hesitated to to go through that paper because there's you know I'm, I'm actually I'm obviously I'm being quite critical of it. Um, that that there's nothing wrong with that but you know to be respectful to the authors um you know i'm trying to do it in a professional manner and you and you do what you can like i say you do what you can when you're writing you do your best to to um postulate why you found the the, the findings you found try to explain them the best you can, you can to explain them with a malic one extractant you can't test for sulfur so that maybe that's why they didn't do it um i don't know maybe they just didn't think about it i don't know um but certainly with the phosphorus being that low, what was it nine? I think it was in fertilizer or was, was it uh, 11? I can't remember what it was very low. Certainly that should set off alarm bells in most people's minds and to the point where it's like, wait, turf grass quality is probably going to be limited from the phosphorus. It's not being promoted by the increase or the reduction in, ter- in soil bulk density by the other treatments, probably near to the degree that the fertilizer treatment is resulting in a reduction in quality due to the reduction in phosphorus and sulfur. So, so the answer to the question, do, do compost enhance da, 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 whatever? Yes, clearly they did. Okay. But don't compare it against fertilizer treatments. Um, you know, whenever you're comparing it to, I mean, there's, maybe there should have been a control in here and you just did nothing. You just planted the grass and did absolutely nothing. Um, that's the way you would have been able to know whether they did something or not. But I, you know, very, very likely that the inclusion of compost, organic components into a disturbed soil that's been, you know, scraped off and there's really not much to it. The inclusion of compost is going to very likely enhance turf grass quality and growth for, for a number of factors, for a number of addition, additional benefits. Um, but when you're going to compare it to fertilizer treatments, this study, I don't think can you can use to uh, fairly compare those two and say, yes, you should use compost rather than uh, synthetic fertilizer because of the, all the reasons that I mentioned. Okay. So we're done with that one. <laughs> Um, the rest of the week, we're going to continue our, on our fall fertility and establishment, um, for, uh, fertility path that we're on. If you have any questions, uh, send it off in, in discord or send it in the chat, send me an email and or any papers you want me to review. I think, you know, Randy over here, I think he's over in the other side of the planet somewhere asked about phosphites and silicone. I'll put that on the schedule somewhere. Don't know exactly where, but I'll see what I can do about covering some of those. I'm not an expert in phosphide or silicone, but I'll do what I can to, to cover some of those basics. If you have any other interests, by all means, let me know. Otherwise, I really appreciate everybody showing up. It means a lot to me to, to, to know that you guys are using this information, that my, my time here is somehow used by those people who are applying this information. Think critically. Uh, think about, you know, how do you know what you know? Is this true? Be Have a healthy amount of skepticism. 
uh, it'll, it'll, I think in my opinion, it'll help protect yourself against, uh, against uh, being taken advantage of and, and hopefully increase your profitability, increase your efficiency. We'll see you all tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, I'm going to try to stick to 10 a.m. I'm going to try to stick to 10 a.m. for my regular schedule throughout the week. So look, I'll look forward to seeing everybody tomorrow at 10 a.m. Have a good evening, afternoon. Be safe. We'll see you tomorrow.